Welcome to the Clip and Clarity podcast. We have a special guest today, Max Sneveis. Uh, he is an agency producer, a filmmaker, uh, among many more things, wears a lot of different hats. We're su super excited to have him here. Um, and a new face uh, on the podcast. Maybe yeah. you saw him in the newsletter, but Cole Hammontree is also here, oh. uh, part of the Taproot team. And Nate is in the background working <laughs> because he actually has stuff to do today. Uh, but we're gonna be we're gonna be chatting um, all things filmmaking, and and we're really excited to have you here. Thanks for coming, Max. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, maybe a quick background on on how we met and sure. uh, you know became friends. I'll say yeah. now, right? Absolutely. Um, is uh, we worked on a couple of projects together, and uh, most recently we worked on a project together that took us out to Montana, mm -hmm. which was kind of a wild, freezing uh, tundra <laughs> environment, environment uh, rapid sort of content yep. shoot, right? Oh, yeah. um, and uh, I think we we had a great time, right? Oh, if I'm not mistaken, no, yeah, we we had a blast. <laughs> I, I keep asking like my boss, like when can we get another like project out in Montana or just anywhere like in the wilderness? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. right. I, that yeah. was. You know, I was I was scared a little bit to be honest with you. Um, number two terrain, I think, is what it was in in, yeah. uh, in Ski Mag. Yep. Um, so this was Big Sky Resort, and um, I hadn't I actually hadn't been on like a ski slope or a mountain in probably eight years. I used to live in Colorado, so I hadn't hadn't had a chance to snowboard or anything. Um, but luckily, I think was able to pick it back up. Well, you, you mean you had more experience than I did? Oh. I mean, that was my second time skiing ever. Really? Yeah, that was the second time skiing ever. I did not know <laughs> yeah, that. Ever. Oh, my goodness. First time I did it, I was awesome. in, like, eighth grade. You did, it, you did yeah. awesome. And so, like, it's just come from 15, 20 years of hockey. Okay. Uh, oh, that's yeah. like, I still remember whoever we had, like, the instructor that was kind of, like, our guide that day. She's like, I'm going to give you some advice that's going to, like, mess with your mind. She goes, lean forward. And says, because I was, like, when you play hockey, like, you're always leaning back, like, to get low. Mm -hmm. She's like, lean forward, and it, like, cured everything. It was really gnarly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I did not know that. You, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to tell because no. you were just, yeah. no you were keeping up and. Trying my best. We were doing, we're, I mean, it was pretty, pretty gnarly in some It was, those. yeah. The, when we were out there, like, because we. Got to go out before uh, kind of the whole resort opened, which was amazing. Um, but it's just like you guys just kind of went, and I was like, "All right, got to keep up, <laughs> got to keep yep. up, or I'm gonna get lost out here." So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember you like, "Hey, you know, can you guys do this? Is are you the right production company for this job?" And you know, I knew that that I would had the capability. I knew that um, Chris had the capability, and Cole had snowboarded, and we had a few other people to mm. make the right team for you, yeah. right? But um, you get up there on the mountain it's pretty intimidating it's a yeah i remember the first, just getting off the ski lift and then just like you go oh over like we had to go down this one like side hill just like okay <laughs> yeah it's a bit higher than i thought but yeah 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 <laughs> so well let's rewind um, sure tell us um so tell us like how did you get into filmmaking you know mm -hmm. uh you mentioned film school tell us yeah. give us the the, the max, story yeah the max the, story yeah the origin story the origin story all right so if we go back Many years, so I know if any young kids listening to this, they're not going to know what a DVD is, I feel like. But <laughs> So back in the day, there were these two-disc DVDs, and the first one was like the movie, and then the second one was always like the behind the scenes or whatnot. Yep. And I was one day, I think my parents were out, I was like, we had babysitter over, and I just put, uh, so the Phantom Menace on it, the Star Wars, like I know it's not everyone's favorite, but at the time I was loving watching it because it was just cool, but I actually put the second disc in, and I just hit play, and it was the entire, it was like a three hour behind the scenes, like documentary of how they made this thing. And my mind was just blown. Wow. I was like, mm -hmm. I want to do that. Like, I want to like, it's just seeing like Ian McGregor, like look at all the different lightsaber, like holsters and whatnot. And I was like, 
whoa, like he got to pick, like just seeing all this stuff and like the blue screen and how the guys are jumping up around and doing all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I want to do that. Um, so fast forward in high school, uh, I would do kind of like the promotional videos for like the hockey team or like basketball games or stuff that was going on and they got better. And then I would do like the campaign videos. You do like student senate and whatnot. And so I'd make those and I'd kind of copy them off of just like music videos. I think we did like a Beastie Boys, music, like a sabotage lookalike video for one of the campaigns, which was really fun. And then I thankfully I got into film school. Um, I don't think I'd be able to get in there now if I'm being honest <laughs> because it was just the more I look at it, it's like, cause I always wanted to be a director originally. And then as I kind of started to do it, I was like, this is freaking hard, man. Like, and I realized I didn't have kind of the, like, cause you always have to kind of see what you want to cut prior right. to that. You have to have the whole thing in your head. And I would have like little bits of it here and there, but the more I would do it, it was like, it wasn't clicking if that makes sense. Um, and then it really kind of the click into producing happened. I think it was my junior and senior year of college because that's when you do kind of your thesis films. And I directed both of them, but on my senior one, my producer literally was like, please stop doing my job. <laughs> mm. Like, give me a mm. shot list. Like, see, like, I'm happy to do this. But so then a quick backstory on that one was, so at, so I went to Loyola Marymount out in LA for film school. Uh, brilliant, most beautiful campus ever. If you that's guys sweet. ever get a chance to go out there, it's right by LAX. It's on a, like a bluff overlooking like oh, the wow. ocean. And everyone thinks like Pepperdine, like no, LMU is way better. Really? Uh, yeah, Pepperdine's gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but that's up in Malibu. And yeah, it's like, yeah, Malibu's yeah, right. a pain in the butt to get to anyway. So. We went out there uh, a couple years ago, and it was my first time driving by Pepperdine, and oh, I'm yeah. like, "Are you serious?" It's, yeah, like, I, I Pepperdine's hadn't... excellent. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Nuts. So better. Is in my opinion, better. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Like for some people, I think I didn't live on campus my junior year, but like the junior year or like the junior like apartments or whatever, it's like a multi-million dollar view if you get like the wow. right suite wow. it's just overlooking like yeah culver Jeez. city and like the beach and santa monica and like all that. it sounds sweet. tough yeah yeah, yeah. exactly it's <laughs> really hard yeah, to hard focus yeah. yeah i mean the library alone too it's just view oh, like it's awesome. it's amazing that's awesome is it what what kind of program is that like is that a four-year program yep, it's a four-year undergrad program so it's um i guess I'll, I'll brag a little bit it's like the number six or seven film school in the world like listed awesome. okay um so again i wouldn't be able to get in there now i why do you say that well I, so they've just upgraded the film school i'll say that mm -hmm. and then also to the more i think about it it's like filmmakers today are getting so much more creative which i love and is amazing but for me it's like the school looks for directors like that's the type of students they were looking for it's like same with like usc which they were like yeah no and i was like okay god i'm not spielberg i, I understand that <laughs> <laughs> um but so with that and don't get me wrong so to be a producer you have to be able to think creatively and that's why i'm so happy i went to film school did all that stuff i will be honest though i probably couldn't set this camera up right now even though i was taught that but it was something like i knew i didn't want to be a cinematographer or a dp and that's the nice part about film school though um, in a broad sense, like, and it doesn't matter what program or what school you get into. If you go to any type of film program, they'll teach you all these things, but that's also where you learn. There are so many aspects and so many things that go into one shoot. Like you have so many different crew members, so many different like ideas and things. And that's why I always kind of joke, like, especially in Hollywood, which we can get in my other career after this, but it's just like, I'm amazed at anything gets made because there's so much that goes into stuff. Yeah. But film school, they're looking for the next storytellers like who are the storytellers out there how can we help you tell your story and the biggest thing I will say is when you go to film school and I and I always joked I was kind of the, the worst film major ever and I get there's a lot of self-deprecation going on here but <laughs> hear me out um so when I was in like my first class everyone's like oh you haven't seen Citizen Kane you haven't watched Casablanca I, I never watched 
those old movies the that greats, like uh, the great, right. yeah, the greats. I never watched any of that stuff when I was growing up, and I'm glad I didn't. The more I think about it, because I have such a bigger appreciation for those movies as I see them as I'm older mm -hmm. and like understand how they know filming. what's going on exactly, yeah, exactly. But at the time, when I realized is as I started getting better and like knowing like okay, producing is what I want to do. I still think that film schools these days should look for people that have kind of that business mindset. And the thing is producing, like no one's looking for a producer until they realize they really need one. Need one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> um, but it's like, if you go to, I mean, I think more schools should do more like business school and film school collaborations mm. for that very reason, because there's so many filmmakers that I know, like directors and writers, their, their brains just aren't wired to produce. Like I, right. I, I, I did a short film, which we can get into later. And my buddy who wrote it, he produced it. He goes, I never want to do this ever again. <laughs> he goes, yeah. I just want to write. I hate this. He's like, this is horrible. He's like, thank God you were here because it's a lot. I mean, you're in charge. You're, you're running the ship. I mean, you know, if you th kind of think about it, like a, a good analogy is like, if the, like, if you're watching football and the lions are still top of mind here, sadly, but, uh, um, <laughs> Rest in peace. yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's like, okay, if you look at it, like the producer's kind of like the GM, uh, your coach is the director in my opinion. And then you're kind of actors and like, even like your first AD is kind of the quarterback. They're the ones getting things kind of moving along on set and kind of yep. moving around. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, the thing is though, if you're a filmmaker and you're in film school, find a friend that wants to produce and just stick with them Partner for with them. forever, right. <laughs> right. forever. Right. And make sure they're good at it too, though. Like make sure they're not like going over budget on everything you want to do. Um, but like, you will be partnered with them forever. And so I'll go back to my last thing to tie this all in my senior year. So my producer was telling me not to keep doing her job. Um, and don't get me wrong, she's awesome. And she produces herself. She's fantastic. Um, but there was this brand new building. It was a life sciences building on campus. It was like a new $15 million building or whatever. And they weren't letting any film students fill in there because fire hazards, they're still learning. It's all this like really cool tech stuff. And I still will say to this day, I'm the only one they've ever allowed to film there, but I was definitely, I'm sure people have maybe filmed since then, but I was definitely the first that they actually allowed me to film there. And wow. the, the short film didn't, it wasn't great by any means, but in, cause at the end you kind of screen it for everybody. And my professor stood up, God bless the guy to this day. He goes, so I know this wasn't like a directorial achievement, but he goes, this is a producing masterclass. He goes, Max was able to convince the head of some department to let him film and bring 25 people in there and film this thing and do it the right way. And like, and all went well. Yeah. And so uh -huh. he was like, that's something you, everyone here should take away from like this project. That's, uh, so, that's, that's yeah. such a great note. And I love what you hit on there of, you know, um, the producing is such a overlooked um, art sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, where you're going to film school and artists are there. Uh, directors are artists. Uh, cinematographers are mm -hmm. artists. Right. Mm -hmm. But producing is an art, too. And when you think about producing a, a short film, a commercial, mm -hmm. a feature film, I can't even imagine. I've never done <laughs> that. But um, those things, it's an orchestra. Right. And I love your analogy of GM, coach, mm -hmm. players. Right. Because that really does frame it up really nicely yeah. where you think about, um, you know, a, the producer oftentimes is a person who falls on the sword. Right. For for problems. Right. That thing when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, but the director has to steer the ship creatively. Mm -hmm. And when you say it's a tandem relationship, working with somebody that you jive well with from a producing standpoint is so important. So I right. love that you hit on that. Super cool to hear. It sounds like you naturally fell into producing. Like you just kind of like started doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of people don't realize like in the realm of like demystifying this, like it takes a team. 
to like do oh, yeah. all of that stuff. And oh, yeah. like, it's cool to like see all of that, see all of those pieces like come together. Mm. And like you were saying, like how valuable that is as like a producer to like steer the ship. You're, you're yeah. pulling a lot of like pieces together to where it's like, Oh, like the DP is the one that's like making that happen. Cause they're mm-hmm. holding the camera and pressing record, but there's so much that goes on behind the yeah. scenes that people don't really realize is, is happening. And yeah. it was just cool to hear you, naturally do something that you're gifted in and then discover what that is and like be a team player quick note on that is what i what i did in college is like i always made sure and i guess this is just a good thing for any producer want to be producer it's like find the best person for every job like when i was in college i was like i know my directing skills but that's like i know the best writer for this i know the best dp for this i know the best AD for this. I know the best. Like, I, you got to know who the other players are on your team because, again, you have to field that team. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you know who's the best person or, like, if so-and-so doesn't work well with this person, maybe they're not the best fit for this one. It's little things like that of just knowing who is the best person for that role um, for that specific project. Like, that is huge. It's key. Yeah. yeah. I mean, putting people in a place where you're playing to their strengths. Like, mm-hmm. you're playing to what they do well and that results in, like, a good, like, end product. Yep. Is that... What's the thing that you love most about like producing? Like personally, is it that? Um, the thing I love most, so we can, I can skip ahead a little bit if we want. So I produced a short film back in 2020. Um, and the best thing I will say is when you're producing, at least there's different parts of it that are great. Um, but when you're on set, we had this one day, it was our second day of filming, and everything just went like clockwork. It, and as you said, you alluded earlier, it's like an orchestra. And yeah. it literally was like perfect harmony. Everyone's in sync. <laughs> it just went. Flowing. And then in true filmmaking fashion, the afternoon, it all came crashing down. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Lunch uh, will do that to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It really will. It's just because like we, we were racing the sun that day um, because it was like it was, it, had, it was all day shoot. And we only had two days total. And this was our last day. And so we it got a little crazy. But then that's the other thing, too when I say like, you got to get the right team. I mean, it got to the point where I was like getting tight. Like I, I had never met and worked with a lot of these people before besides my one buddy. Um, but our DP, um, his name's Rob Benavides. He's the man. We can talk about him later. He's freaking awesome. Um, him and our AD and our director were getting into it or him and the director were getting, and they knew each other. They were getting into a little bit. Like they couldn't figure out how they wanted to do this little bit. And I could see the tensions like, before they boiled, but I could see them like starting to get a little bit higher. And so I grabbed the AD. I was like, grab them right now. And we just, I literally pulled everyone aside for 10 minutes. I go, we're talking about this right now. And they were able to like, it deescalated everything. And then it was like, boom, we got it done after that. But as, as a producer, and again, this is also having a good first AD because he was like, thank you for doing that. I saw it too. I mm. wasn't sure what you wanted to do. <laughs> um, but like to recognize when, okay, something's off here. Sometimes you got to pause, step back, and like reassess because if you don't, you just keep going that way. It's gonna be, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's gonna be a nightmare, and you could lose potential shots that you could be getting Mm -hmm. that you need. How much of that is like your intuition, your feeling, like reading people? It's it's a lot of reading people. You got to know if there's tension in the room. Like you got to be able to pick up on that, or if like something seems off, or someone's not in a great mood. It's like, and again, just looking at facial expressions, just listening to how people talk to you like do they seem not themselves are they quiet are they like just seem off and if you can recognize that and kind of get them to talk a little bit whether it's just like something going on wherever and that that can apply to the 
office too. Right. Like that can apply anywhere, not just on a film set. That's like tactical yeah. empathy, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think especially in our world, you got to have a lot of that in, in my opinion, because if you're just kind of restrained and focused on yourself, which I mean, for some people, it's probably good that they do that um, for their roles so that they don't get distracted. But like as a producer, you really got to know what's going on at all times. And so, so what made you go from, you know, that, uh, internal agency, mm -hmm. talent agency, management, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you're speaking directly to tactical empathy, what it takes to be a producer, assembling the right team. Mm -hmm. Like, how did you go from that management, um, which sounds fascinating, you know, in the sense of like helping people be successful. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe, yeah, no, maybe yeah, I that really, just yeah, no, that really, yeah, that really is. That's yeah. And, and I know you wanted to I can circle back here and talk All good. more All Hollywood good. too, if we want. But yeah, so, cause I learned a lot of it from that. I mean, so as I said, it's like one of my bosses was, she was not already gold. I'll just say this. It's not that bad. <laughs> Entourage overplays everything. So for anyone wondering, like, yes, it's all overplayed. It's all Hollywoodized as I call it. Um, but she was very, we'll call it strict and very intense and very whatever. And so you have to learn how to calm yourself down because if you're not, so think it, when you're an assistant to an agent or a manager or producer or whatever, you are there kind of lifeline at times because your job is to make sure they don't have to worry about the little things that sending certain emails, setting their meetings, doing their schedule, making sure what they have for lunch. And it's all, it's grunt work. There's no denying that, but you learn so much attention to detail. You learn how to be thinking two steps ahead. You learn how to be calm when to put it frankly, shit hits the fan. Um, and I learned all of that in that five years being an assistant. It, it's really, it's like Hollywood grad school, but it's also just film grad school in my opinion, because you learn to keep a cool head when again, shit hits the fan. Cause it always does. Um, and so that's where I really learned a lot of those types of skills and just know, okay, like someone's on Like if my boss is on edge, then what can I do to help that? Okay, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, cause their job is to do the best job for their clients. And if they're off then they can't service their clients well. So then your job as an assistant for any assistants listening to this, cause I'm hopefully there are some, um, <laughs> like just do your best every day. You're not going to have a great day. Like I made so many mistakes. Like I thought I was getting fired many, many a days. There's also a reason I left. It's a very stressful job. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think everyone should be an assistant for somebody for at least one year, like, and do it early. Like right when you graduate school or right when you do that, like, because you learn so many valuable skills of just it, it working in mm -hmm. general. Like even my current boss, she's like, nothing gets past you. And I'm like, I got five different agents to thank for that throughout my years there. Even ones that I didn't work for. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really cool. So you basically um, cut your teeth in this uh, talent agency mm -hmm. in Hollywood. We don't have to name any names, but I'm assuming it's a big one, right? Yeah, it was one of the big ones. Yeah. So you, you work there and then you go to this management company, which maybe you could tell like, what's the difference between the talent agency sure. and a management company? Yeah, like, so, specifically, I know you mentioned that. Yeah. So, so a talent, so strictly speaking, a talent agent's job is to get you a job. Um, that is their main purpose and role is to be connected with studio executives, network executives, excuse me, producers, everybody, um, to get your, their clients jobs and service the agency on the management side. Um, it's more personal. You are with them on the day to day stuff. You're helping them. Okay. How do you want to shape your career? And at the same time too, managers. So managers at the time technically weren't supposed to be getting jobs, 
But if there are connections there and a job is brought to the manager, then they can provide the job for mm-hmm. their clients. At the same time, too, a lot of managers also produce. Um, like they will produce a lot of their clients' stuff. Uh, one of my bosses, when I was a manager of a company, he produced a film uh, with three of his clients, actually. Wow. Uh, one was an wow. actress in it, and then one directed it, and then the other was the writer of it. Wow. And so he helped produce it and get the financing and all that stuff for it. So as an agent, you're not allowed to produce. So that's another reason why I switched to management because I want new production was something of where I wanted to go. So I wanted to learn more of that. Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't work out that way um, because it was more client focused, which as I learned, I didn't want to do that. It mm. wasn't kind of my calling and it, which it was horrible. I felt so bad telling my clients that I was leaving um, to go to advertising. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um but luckily, they they were they were understanding, and they're, they're all good people. Like, so this thing, yeah, yeah. quick question: Are like a lot of managers also PGA producers? Some of them, yeah. Really? Yeah. So you're getting scripts for your clients, right? Mm-hmm. And you're reading through them. Um, did you do you feel like you got a better understanding for filmmaking after you were getting so many of these oh, scripts? God, absolutely. Like, what was that like? Absolutely. So you learn what you don't like, um, but then the big thing is like when you read something and you think it's good, and then you see the movie, and you're like oh, that didn't work, or, oh, whoa, like, that was awesome type of thing. Um, I'm trying to think of one example. Like, what's a good example? So Yellowstone, obviously, is one that was a TV spec pilot, or it wasn't spec, but it was a pilot I read, and I was like, okay, that's really good. So you read this, so Taylor Sheridan, Mm -hmm. you know, is putting the script out there. Your agency gets it. You get the script. You're in charge of reading that for your boss. Mm -hmm. You read it, and you're just like, whoa. What what made you say that this is good, right? Because you were just reading Mm -hmm. the words on paper, right? Mm -hmm. And you're... You're creatively thinking it from a producing standpoint, mm-hmm. I'm sure. You know, you can't help yourself, yeah. right? What what jumped out to you about that series? Just the writing. I mean, it just, he's a badass writer. Um, like, he just makes everything sound so cool, and, like, he just paints the world so well. And you can just see, like, the opening scene of you, for those who have seen Yellowstone, it's like the opening scene is, like, Kevin Costner, he's been in a car wreck, and he has to shoot this horse. I mean, that's the first thing you read in, like, the first two pages is boom, he shoots the horse in the head. You're like, whoa, wait, what? Like, okay, this is, her- <laughs> right. All right, we're diving in, here we go. Like, this yep. is, and then just the characters are like Rip and Beth and all those guys, like, they just, like, Beth, I remember she, that character just jumps off the page at you because you're just like, well, if you've seen the first scene with her, you'll know why. Um, yeah. You're just like, whoa, this is nuts. Um, but then, and then there's stuff, like, you can tell the difference, too, between, like, a Yellowstone-type pilot and then something that's on, like, the CW. Okay. It's just they read differently and they're broken up differently too. Cause I like, think with that, like they still are kind of like they're, some of them will be like the page will end short where like a commercial break would happen and like where the scene kind of ends and like they leave that little cliffhanger until you go to the next page type of thing. Um, but whereas more some of the net, like that's more networky. Um, but then when you go to like feature scripts, um, this is really going to bug me because I've read so many and I'm just like trying to think of one that comes to mind. No, I can't talk about that one because it would kind of reveal. <laughs> has, who, has it would kind of come well, out yet, No, it would right? kind of reveal just like who I've worked with. I don't want to like. Yeah, do no, I know like that. Yeah. Um, well, we don't want to yeah. put you on the spot either for that. Yeah. You know, I think the, we can tell the you, I can talk about that off camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The thing of value I see, you know, from what you're sharing is like your script reading and this position really informed some of your creative like uh, tendencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, your what you wanted to chase after yeah. and, and probably I'm guessing in informed of the short film that you, you ended up 100%. making. Right. And 100%. so, you know, catch us up to speed here. We'll, we'll circle back to post COVID. Right. So you, sure. you jumped into uh, agency producing mm-hmm. after leaving the management company. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the transition from Hollywood to commercial advertising? Like, mm-hmm. um, 
at the time, I'll say it was a bit of breath of fresh air um, because it was more what I wanted to be doing. And that was getting on set and working on projects daily, um, which just for me was awesome. Because it's like when you're at an agency, uh, to go back to Hollywood for two seconds, Hollywood's the slowest moving industry on the planet. It's like turning a cruise ship. Um, whereas, like, I'm serious. Like, I mean, it can take. I mean, it can, it can take a year <laughs> for something to even get potentially bought. Before, it, I mean, it can take over a year before you even maybe shoot anything, oh, maybe, man. and yeah. if not even longer. And, and that's a whole other beast to go into. Um, but with this, it's like I think my first project was a small thing that I did, and it was like okay, eight weeks, and we're done. And I was like, this is great. Like, it was something I could, like, see as it was progressing and have, like, step by step by step. Like, you could just seeing that progress from beginning to end and not being like, oh, this is going to take forever. I was like, oh, I'm done in eight weeks. Like, on to the next thing. Like, this is great. Like, I really enjoyed, like, being able to do more than one thing at once. And also, but also seeing it progress and actually wrap up and say, okay, what's next? You know, as opposed to be, like being stuck on one thing for mm -hmm. so, so long. You know, for me, why I never really became enchanted with the Hollywood lifestyle mm -hmm. was just because I had always seen just the amount of creative time and energy you could put into something for it to potentially potentially become nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Like mm -hmm. you're writing scripts, you're you're doing all this and it could it's it could potentially be total waste. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas in commercial filmmaking, there's a lot higher chance of you uh, actually doing the work. Right. Um, and, you know, I know that uh, people would argue about like the highest level of commercial filmmaking, which mm -hmm. is extremely competitive and it's very hard to get done. But from a content perspective, like if you're truly coming from telling a story, uh, there's a lot of opportunities to do that in the commercial space. Right. Yeah. Um, and do it creatively, like it creatively. in new ways, like present new ideas and opportunities to clients. That was just like, I just want to cut and dry thing. And then you have a chance to elevate it and like make it good and speak to people yeah a hundred percent and and so what i love about you know what you're telling us is is that that huge difference you kind of got your your experience in it but you're telling people hey here's two different paths right here's okay. a path in the hollywood route and here's a path in the commercial you know filmmaking route and so if you want to pick up on where you were telling us about um you know what you liked from a producing standpoint in commercial filmmaking mm -hmm. and being on set uh, where are you at now? Yeah. So the biggest thing I would say, and because I, I did obviously had a lot of people ask me like, okay, why are you going to advertising? And it's like, look, I want to be a producer. And the best way to describe it and what I tell most people is like, I'm getting my reps in at this point. Like if you want to get on set, go work in commercial advertising. You'll be on set way more than you ever will in Hollywood. Like if you want to be a producer, like if you're a PA, that's a different story because like obviously you can get on different jobs and whatnot. But there are so many more commercial projects happening, I feel like, at a time. Because, again, they take less time, so there's more of them. More Whereas turnover. Movie, yeah, there's mm -hmm. more turnover. Where it's like you get one movie or a TV show, like, great, you're on that for X amount of time, but then you got to go find your next one. So here it's like, and a lot of these people, they'll turn over and they'll know who's good in terms of, in terms of PAs and, and whatever. But that's what I'd say. Like, for me right now, I mean, I've been on set more in the last two years than I was the last five years when I was there, I wasn't on set once actually. Mm -hmm. Like, and so that's what I wanted to do. And that, and it's when I went and did my own short film, that's when I was like, I caught the bug again. I was like, mm. this is where I want to be. Tell us like, about that. I wanna, yeah. So we're going back into COVID a little bit or actually pre COVID. So one of my best friends, uh, he was a writer at, at film school and he 
sent me this short story that he wrote back in like 2019. And he's like, Hey, could we do this as like a short film? And I read the short story. I was like, this is awesome. Like, absolutely. Fast forward six months of him and I like pounding our heads, trying to, cause I, I helped him a lot. And so that's another thing you have to do as a producer. Like you have a say in how the script goes and, and how the story goes. And it's like, cause sometimes writers will be thinking, um, from a literary standpoint, so to speak, whereas you got to come in and be like, okay, how can we visually do this? Mm. Like, how can we actually take the words that you've written on this page and make it so that it can be translated onto film? And this is before we even have a director. At this point. Mm -hmm. It's just him and me. You're just talking about like, is this even feasible? You want mm -hmm. a hurricane? How are we going to create a hurricane? Exactly. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. It's like, okay, the, the thing I always say in film school, no kids, no animals. Right, <laughs> so, right. And so I told them too, because with the kids, it was kids in, in the thing, and they were like 10 for a while. And then eventually I was like, can you just age them up? And sure. And so we got like some 19-year-old guys that look like they're 15. Right. You know, like, right. and that's just- Just a little just, bit more maturity. Just a little, yeah. Casting. Exactly. Right. Casting, yeah, all, all that stuff. Um. And so we do all this. We have a director on who's one of his buddies. Um, and we were doing all this stuff, all this writing. COVID <laughs> shut everything down. Um, lost our director, but that actually worked in our favor. We got the best director at, for it ever afterwards. Uh, his name's Sam. He's still a good buddy today. Um, and so from there, we're like, okay, this is now fast forward summer 20, like late summer 2020. We have our director. We have our team. Like, all right, now we got we to gotta do the thing. So we like goofballs went out into the woods of where we like what we wanted to film and kind of the feeling of it. And we shot us just being dorks asking for money pretty much. Like you, we made this entertaining GoFundMe or it was Indiegogo was what we used um, video of like, okay. And like we literally held a sign up that said, warning, we're about to ask you for money. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I'm not kidding. Like yeah. we actually held that up. Okay. Like the first thing ask. you see is that like, and so just, we, cause we're like, oh, look, how you gotta do it. Like, you gotta catch people's attention. And it worked like, and then we had a little thing of like what it would kind of feel like in terms of the film and whatnot. And so we all spoke to camera and, and did that stuff. And then we ended up raising, uh, through, um, a lot of random people, but a lot of generous people that are like, we're tight with family, friends, and then strangers that we didn't really know that get, got shared out to, we raised like over $20,000 for this thing. Wow. Um, and all within like a month. Wow. Um, that's great. Yeah. And I will say like, if anyone wants to do that, like, really think hard and like go through everything you would want to show somebody for doing like we it took us two weeks to get this campaign up even like we fleshed everything we had storyboard pictures on there we had like every little thing like here's where your money's going it's going to go to this it's going to we broke a budget down like we did all of that stuff to show like this is where it's going to and it worked so i would say if you're doing any type of campaign fundraising or self fundraising for a film or anything really go in depth and like really kind of walk people along like here's where your money's going to go to and, and all of that um so then we we got everybody so we got our dp from our director um his name's robin avisa as i think i mentioned he's he's awesome he he was kind of like uh we kind of call him like the uncle on set because he just is this guy who's had so much experience and he's just a total homie um and so we got him which was awesome and then we just kind of started to find the right cast people. Uh, and my other buddy was our casting director and he found just this awesome group of talent. And um, one of them ended up getting signed at my old company because of oh, the short wow. film. Yeah. Um, so were you the one who was in charge of, you know, producing, assembling all of this? All you, of you you brought in all, all your buddies? I, I, yep. Everybody. Tell me about um, that process. Yeah. That was so, like. um, so really it was just... Uh, 
three of us that we started off as like knowing each other before. It was really just that. Um, so one uh, was my best friend, Jack, uh, who was a writer and who's one came up with the idea. Then uh, David, um, my other buddy, he, we brought him on kind of late because it was one of those like, He's, he, he'd been in, he was a screenwriter too. Um, and, but he's a really good salesman. I'll say that. So we brought him in for some mm-hmm. stuff, but he also, he used to act when he was younger. So I was like, dude, you'd be perfect for casting. Cause truth, I'll be honest. I don't like the casting process. I know that's like a horrible yeah. thing, but I hate sitting down. I think maybe that's from seeing it too much in my talent agency days. No. I'm like, I can't watch You're another self tape or I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> so he was like, dude, I'll do it. And I was like, please like, oh my God, please. And God bless him because I mean, he went through like seven, 800 submissions. Wow. I mean, we got, and this is just for a short film. Like, oh imagine like a true movie or TV show. Like, great. That's where you have good casting directors. Um, wow. But yeah, so that happened. And then we met our director, Sam, through literally Jack's, uh, the writer, his like girlfriend's friend's cousin. I'm not kidding. It was like a, the craziest connection. Wow. Um, and we saw stuff and he was totally like the right guy for the story. And we hit it off after that. And then he brought on Rob. And then I had another producing friend of mine, the one from college. She recommended two people uh, to me for ADs. So we got that. And then the, Rob, our DP, had his couple of guys come in for grip and all that stuff. And so it's like, I just, I met with people as I was kind of introduced to them, but it's like some, I will say at times it's like for this one, I didn't obviously have the full say in who we were fully hiring because it's like, we just got to do it. You got to do it. We got to do you're it. You're working off this limited budget, a limited right? budget. And so that's the other thing. We had to find people that it was a non-union thing. So it's like, we got to find people that will work for this. Right. It was, again, it wasn't much. Um, Good on you for paying them though. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. We made sure, again, it was not much, but it was, we, we made sure everyone got something yeah. at least. Yeah. Uh, I think except the PAs, but actually we got them a case of beer. They were there you go. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell me about that. And, and that was actually about my brother's uh, buddy who was at LMU at the time, and he knew I was doing this. So. Hey, they got they got real practical experience. Exactly. Right? Right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it was so far. I remember we, <laughs> we were shooting in Malibu one day, but we had gotten um, food from this one place that was downtown LA. This poor kid had to drive like an hour and a half to get it and come back. And there was a reason why we did it, which I can get into later. But like, oh, was, uh, he's just like, oh, geez. I'm like, yeah, sorry, man, but appreciate it. <laughs> why did you do it? Um, we, um, so this was lunch on, on one of the production days is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. On one of the production days. Um, it was a donation type of thing. Okay. Um, so it's like, we kind of got it for free. So you, you organized uh, the lunch for free. Basically. Pretty, yeah. You produced that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, these are the so, little things that yeah. people don't talk about, right. Is, um, every part of producing, whether it's big or small, there's big things that you produce, right? Like a location you're shooting mm-hmm. in Malibu, or there's a little thing that you produce, like getting a free lunch, mm-hmm. right? And those things are insanely difficult yeah. to uh, quantify and also talk about because from a producing standpoint, it often gets overlooked. Like obviously we have uh, producers that we work with too, mm-hmm. and we love them for various reasons. Um, some of them it's because they uh, know how to carve out more margin, right? On a budget. Some mm-hmm. of them it's because they just know the taste of food that this, you know, particular project requires, yep. right? Um, I think those are the nuances that uh, it's easy for us to just, you know, talk shop about that. But if you're up and coming and, and you want to really learn about producing, like mm-hmm. all of those things really matter. All yeah. of those little details really matter. Absolutely. You know? I mean, it literally just came, came from like we, it was like a call out in the credits and they're like, yeah, you just like post about us or whatever. We'll just, here's your food. And that that saves you three, 400 bucks. For sure. And so. And that can go a long way. (laughs) How many days did you shoot for? Two days. 
You sh- you only shot it was for a two, two days. Day shoot. It should have been a three day shoot, but it was we only had two days. And because, how long is the film? Uh thirteen and a half minutes. Wow, that yeah. is a lot. That's of a lot to shoot of in two days. To shoot yeah. two days. <laughs> Tell us about like the rap and uh, now getting into post yeah. and obviously name of the film so we can yep. plug that get people to yeah watch sure it. Um, so the film is called Sheep Hills uh, as my buddy kind of calls it it's like a cautionary tale that could have happened in his life so Sheep Hills is an actual like state park in Orange County and so what the story is about is these two uh, young men we'll call it they're teenagers who have really troubled home lives and so their escape is this state park Sheep Hills. However, one day, uh, one of the boys gets his hand on his brother's gun and shit goes down. And it's a really big kind of cautionary tale on like toxic masculinity and gun violence and like all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, so it's a bit of a downer at times, but it's, but people love it. Um, and I can get into that right now. So getting into post, um, this is another good buddy of mine from college. He was the editor I had kind of mentioned earlier, uh, Nick, he's the man, uh, we got, it took about a year to cut. And I know it's only 13 episodes, but between his work and our work mm-hmm. and us not being in the same place, like, cause it's one of those, after you film something, whether it's a commercial shoot or a film or whatever, you get into the first cut and you're like, Oh my God, what have we done? Like, what <laughs> right. did we shoot? Right. Like what happened? And did then, we get enough? Did we get did, enough? Did we, get, did we, did we yeah. shoot the script? Did we do exactly. this right? Is yeah. the story even good? Exactly. Like the first cut, it, 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 I think it's Scorsese or someone says like, if you don't hate your first cut, you didn't do it right. Like mm-hmm. sort of that you should not love your first, you should hate your first cut. And we did, we were like, Oh dear God. <laughs> like it was great seeing it, but we're just like, Oh man, we, did we get enough coverage? So we did have to do a, a mini kind of pickup day. And, and if you look closely, you can see a couple of the shots where, that are like fully matched, but are just enough or in quick enough. Same crew? Like, Pretty close. Uh, no, it was like a skeleton crew. It was our DP, our director, and the two actors, honestly. Like, I didn't even make it out there. For yeah. that. Like, it was one of those, like, they just went, they knew what they had to get, and they just went and did it. Needed the pickup. Exactly. And so that was, I didn't even know if I was in town when they did it, but it was just one of those we had to get. Um, so we're in post for a while. We finally get it done. And the other thing I'll say is, Make sure you save a little more money for post. Even like if you think you have your idea, just save a little bit more because it's like it's colored great. The sound is very good, but it's like that's where I wish I had another thousand bucks for. Clip you know what I mean? That yeah, right there. honestly, <laughs> honestly, like you always want more money for post. And I'd said it's beaten to death, but it it's true. Yep. Like you don't realize it until it's gone. And it's like when again we had money still, but it was not. It was just wasn't enough to get it over like again don't get me wrong i'm so happy and proud of where it came out to but it's like there's always those little things and totally everyone you watch it and the director the writer we all have the same thing. it's like oh the, these couple little things like god if we could just tweak this or do that but anyway hindsight's always 2020 um so but in success uh we got into a couple of festivals so the first one we really got so we got in a couple of just online ones and then we got into uh i think it was called hollywood shorts fest if i recall and that was over. It was cool. It was at like Raleigh Studios, which is just right across the street from Paramount, which is which is cool out in L.A. And they had a whole screening. They did a Q&A with us, which we had a blast at. And then the programmer came up to me afterward and he was like, I, I love your film. Like, I want you to submit to my other festival in, in Cannes. And I was like, truthfully, I kind of thought he was just kind of blowing smoke up her tail. Like, OK, like, dude, like, thank you. This is amazing. But I was like, OK, sure. Like, I'll happily sure. Happy to submit. And a couple months go by and it's like, I remember it was like a random Tuesday and I think I'm like on a call, like with my boss or whatever, like, on, like some on teams, which I know you guys don't use but <laughs> on another teams meeting. And I get this email. It's just like, Hey, we need your files for, um, 
uh, the can indie shorts fest. Uh, and I'm and like, no congratulations. You're in just like, Hey, we need your files for the live screening in October. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, did we actually, and so I'm like, hi, like, did we get into like, Oh yeah, you're in like, we, we need your files in like two weeks. And I'm like, Holy shit. <laughs> like, like this is sweet. So I call my buddy and I'm like, dude, you're not gonna be like, we got in a, a festival in can. He's like, shut up. I'm like, no, I'm serious. So forward in the email and we lose our mind. And so obviously we had to go. Unfortunately, we all couldn't go. So it ended up just being the director and myself that went out. We got this little Airbnb in Cannes. And it's just, I mean, it's incredible. Everyone everyone who works, whether it be in advertising or film or anything, should find a way to go at some point. I know that's a huge thing to like yeah. say, but it just has a cute little aura to it. Like just like so much film history has kind of come through this and all that stuff. And it's like you see here about the yachts and the, the beach and like all, all this stuff. And it's just cool to be there. And it's tiny. I mean, it's a tiny little town just right on the Mediterranean. And we had a blast. It was like a filmmaker summer camp. This is like a this is like a full circle moment because yeah. you uh, worked at the talent agency, management, commercial, yep. also filmmaker. Yep. Going to Cannes, and that is like an entourage story yeah. right there. You know, like if you yeah. have seen Entourage on yeah. HBO, that is literally an yeah. episode right there. Uh, it's yeah. pretty crazy, man. Yeah, no, it, it was it was really it was surreal because it's like you hear about it, you see like just especially if someone if you love films, it's and then when you finally get there, you're like, okay, this is really freaking cool. And then at the same time, met like some amazing filmmakers from like Canada and Germany and. Netherlands, like just everywhere. Wow. They were all there in Brazil. Like everyone was there and it was just, you just got to watch all these. And it was only short films, which was the awesome oh, part too. Cool. And so it's like, you could watch 10 plus a day and like you could figure out like which block you wanted to go to. And you just, everyone kind of became friends and we all like were out till two in the morning, just hanging out. Yeah. Like it was a full on like filmmaker summer camp from around the world. And we were, it was us. And then I think maybe one other American, like it was like, wow. it was amazing. And I was like the talent, like the films coming out of Germany are excellent by the way. Just, yeah. For reference. Like have they, you seen All Quiet on the Western Front? I have. Okay. So that's Oh my God. <laughs> have you watched yep. that, Cole? Oh yeah. That is, What'd you yeah. think about it? I loved it. It was like so immersive. Like yeah. just how they got into the grit and like the detail of that. The sound design. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. You know what scene I'm mm -hmm. talking about. Like mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That well, was hard to watch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Why why do you say the film's out of Germany? I don't know. Just every German filmmaker was I was just like blown away yeah. at every single one that we saw. Like they were all excellent. It's just like, wow. Okay. And I don't know. They were all in some, I cannot remember the name. It's a film school out there. But I can't remember the name of it, but they were all, or a lot of them were from that school. And I'm Interesting. like, okay, there's something there. Um, it, has it always been like that? Or do you feel, like, feel like it's like recent that there are some like recent. pockets of yeah. uh, international filmmakers that are really, really good? I think it's more recent probably because it's like obviously now you're seeing like everything coming out of like South Korea and whatnot. Yeah. Like I haven't seen, uh, what is it, Godzilla? Um, Put minus one. Minus one. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's excellent. I heard it's I've excellent heard it's so too. good. But then like, that all kind of kicked off like with Parasite, what, four years ago? Mm -hmm. um, and then you got Squid Game and mm -hmm. it's just like there's different pockets, that, not even just Europe, just over, over the world. And it's kind of cool to see, like, okay, where's the next, like, where's it coming awesome from? filmmaker coming yeah. from? You know, because, like, for a while, they had, like, the French New Wave and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, I haven't seen any that, no offense to the French, but I haven't seen any great French movies lately <laughs> right, right, or anything. Right. Yeah. But, like, yeah. um, but it's just, kinda, yeah, it's cool to see, like, okay, where's stuff coming from? Um, which is really, really, like, eye-opening when we were out there. Um, so, That's yeah. Cool. What, um, just, like, on the, on the idea of making your own film, mm -hmm. how... How was that process? Was it intimidating finding an audience? Like, 
who did you think was going to like resonate with that mm-hmm. or like connect with that message like especially from agency stuff mm-hmm. to now something that's m- way more freewheel yeah. like what was that process so, like yeah so we had, we had a lot of conversations about this and and it's not like we got like hundreds of thousands of views or anything like that and it's still like it's out there it's growing it's there to grow but it, um what we really kind of thought about was we really kind of looked at ourselves a little bit like okay like as young men like what's kind of out there these days and, and not to rip on Hollywood, even though I was there for so long, it's like a lot of it's watered down these days. And it's a lot of it's kind of this and that where ours was, it was gritty. Right. Like it, it was pretty like, yeah, shit's going to go down, get along for the ride, but it's real. You know, it's like this could happen, you know, as my buddy says, it's a caution enter that could have happened to me. And that's kind of the point. Like and at the same time though, the biggest thing we tried to, the, the hardest part in the writing and this is so much credit to Jack and how he wrote this thing is we always said like, we didn't want it to come off of like, you know, how like you're in school and they show you like the, the anti-bullying or like the anti, like we didn't want it to come off like kind of a PSA mm-hmm. piece. Like we wanted to make sure it came off as like a narrative piece. And it's a very fine line with that without dialogue sounding too cheesy or too corny or like some action being just like so scripted and staged. And the ba- it came from the writing that it was, I mean, literally, I think even till like the day before we shot, like one of these scenes, like we were, st- he was still reworking some of the mm. words and some of this, like mm. once he could see how the blocking was going to start playing out. And that really goes into like thinking about your audience, because if you are just putting out there, it's like a, a PSA shooter or bully film, whatever you want to call it, like you'll lose your audience pretty quick. Cause like I saw this when I was in sixth grade at whatever school you know, like an anti-national bullying day or whatnot, something like that. Not to discredit that by any means, um, but it's like it, it, you really have to think like, okay, how do you want this to come out and how is someone who's viewing it supposed to feel and what are they supposed to be going through? Like what, like should there, like, yeah, if you're making like a horror film, I'd hope you want people to be scared, but also not just like cheaply moving them along with cheap scares and cheap jumpsuits. Like those are fun every now and then if it's meant to be that. But like, know the story you want to tell, but yeah, at the same time, never forget your audience because if you love it, but no one else cares to watch it, it's not going to do anything for you. You know, it's like, you really got to think like, okay, who's the audience for this? And like, yeah, we had people read it like beforehand and everyone keeps everything close to the vet. Like they don't want, can't read my screenplay. It's like, it's a private, it's like, no, to be, to be blunt, Spielberg's not going to come and buy it off you down on the street. It doesn't happen like that. Like share it, get the feedback, get criticism get constructive criticism if someone just says, tells you it sucks they're not a good person to be giving you advice or feedback but if they're like hey i want you to rethink your second act because this character is not developed enough here think about it okay if someone's noticing that someone else is probably going to notice that too so pause think on any type of feedback you get when you're writing in your edits i mean heck i, I sent the cut to so many people and it's tough because it's like they know about it. And you don't want them to see it. Cause like you want them to see it when it's done. And I totally understand that. Like not, but it's like, Hey, I have certain people that I trust their feedback on find that inner circle and send it to everything. And as long as they're willing, obviously, mm-hmm. but also do the same for them. Like that's where, again, that's another good thing about film school is like you meet again, like-minded filmmakers from all shapes and sizes of the world. And, and with different ideas, like, again, some people love horror, some people love comedy. I mean, look at Jordan Peele. They, they do go together in, in a mm-hmm. sense. Like if you can do one, you can do the other. And also if you have any friends, like people listening to this that are comedy writers, just stick close with them if you want to work on your writing because comedy writing is so freaking hard. Right. It is like the hardest thing in the world. What, so. I, what I love about what you're saying is, um, you know, there's reciprocity in filmmaking and 
when you think about you know how how you're going to get things done, how you're going to work with people, and being able to uh, openly put yourself out there mm-hmm. is you have to put your creative energy into those things, but yeah. then you have to release that into the world. And you have to let people really give you real feedback. And that takes uh, a lot of vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? It takes a lot of um, uh, awareness in in yourself of like, okay, there are some people that are going to give me really valuable feedback mm-hmm. and there are going to be some people who don't give me valuable feedback. And if you can be vulnerable, then you can also reciprocate mm-hmm. because they can come to you and ask you for your feedback too, right? And that, that creates a friendship. It creates a totally. relationship. And uh, that's why I love filmmaking. I think there, there are filmmakers out there who um, who do that, that open their hearts and are vulnerable to their creativity and their work. And that allows uh, growth not only on your personal side, mm-hmm. but on that friendship and that relationship yeah. too. Um, and I love hearing that because I think that's a really good message for filmmakers coming up is to to not guard your creativity so, mm-hmm. you know, build a wall around yourself. Uh, because I think a lot of people get scared that somebody's going to take my idea or... Mm-hmm. You know, you, you hear it so often. I just had a call about this is they're getting producers and directors, uh, you know, saying, hey, sign your life uh, story away to me and yeah. it, for the next six years. Right. Yeah. I get there's a place for that. I get, you know, there's a lot of competition for your Netflix biography or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. But um, why would you do that? You know, why would you do that and shut yourself off to any of any of those opportunities? Yep. Because even production companies, right, where they guard their IP so heavily that they don't welcome any other production company to collaborate. Mm-hmm. I really think there's a space for that where, you know, we would partner with another production company if the story presented itself yep. and it was the right fit, right? We don't need to build that wall because I think we can bring them in or we can go to somebody else and provide value. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. So I, I love hearing that, man. Yeah. No, and one last thing, because I know this has really just been a producing heavy episode here. So just uh, as I was kind of saying, it's like the vulnerability. So as a producer you will honestly 9.9 times out of 10 you're the first person giving feedback to your writer to your director to your whomever so know that going in like don't bluntly tear something apart to tear it apart like make sure you can constructively work on this because like again everyone's end goal is to make the best possible thing whether that's a commercial whether that's a movie whether that's a short film whether it's a tv show whether it's whatever make sure you are there to provide truly constructive feedback, not just, ah, this sucks or change that. Like you're the first line of defense or the first person that your people are going to come to. So as long as you have that relationship and are knowledgeable and can provide great feedback to excel and build on the project, that is invaluable. Like that, that is one of the first things you should learn to do as a producer is give great constructive feedback. I think there's also like a piece there of like putting your identity like in your work mm-hmm. and like separating that. Like that's been a lot of conversations, even personally speaking, like here in this in this space, like in the office of like don't do that. Like separate that. Like when you have feedback, don't internalize it. It's not an attack on you. Yep. So like even feedback on your mm-hmm. own film, totally. like you have to learn how to do that. And that's a muscle that you like build up yep. and like exercise. So figuring out a way to do that repeatedly and have feedback or even like if you're bringing feedback to a director or someone Mm -hmm. who's writing, like I'm not crapping on this. Like I'm looking at this with optimism of like how do we move this forward to the next step? Totally. You kind of have to have like thick skin, right? You really, yeah, you really do. And and that's a great way of putting it called just like I'm not attacking you. It's like, look, there's a problem here that we can make better. 
and I'm here to help you make that better. And it's like, like a you get more minds mm -hmm. on a project and that will make it better like yeah. inherently like it can't be all like one again like it takes a team like yeah. that's what i was kind of getting at earlier it's like to move these things along on a much bigger scale it's not freelancing it's not yeah. like yeah. this small little thing like you need all these people yep. you need casting directors like mm -hmm. all of these things and like working together collectively for the greater good of the project yep. that's something that we just recently talked about too like it's it's not you and run the show and your ego. Like yeah. that's the thing, right? It's like it comes back to mm -hmm. that. I want this. I want my name on it. Mm -hmm. I want to get out there. Yeah. Like surrendering to that and being humble and just being a team player is like what's needed. First billing isn't everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, you know, people want their name on the credits, right? Mm -hmm. And so badly, uh, I think as young filmmakers, you really want to be the director, right? Mm -hmm. Or be the whatever, the right? Guy. The, the oh, yeah. person, right? And if you are not that, it doesn't make you anything less valuable to the project, exactly. right? You're, you say first billing, right? I don't know if a, a lot of this audience will know what that means, mm -hmm. but if you, if you think about this on a movie poster, right? Uh, there's a list of names uh, that are on the movie poster and that's typically your first billing. Mm -hmm. And those people are like your director, your uh, executive producers, your producers, your uh, DP potentially, yep. you know, maybe sometimes not, yep. but, um, those are all important positions. Mm -hmm. However, they're not everyone who makes up the whole team. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Cause I mean, if you look, if you go like the <laughs> length of credits, it's like this long yep. or this many people. And then you have this many people that come scrolling after that, you know, right. it's like, it, there's a lot of hands that go into anything that's ever been made. I mean, even just watch a TV show at the end of it. Yeah. Like you get a couple of grand, no one watches the credits because Netflix or Apple, they skip right Auto. by them immediately. Yeah. But if you pause or just like accidentally forget to change it, like just take a look. I mean, yep. hundreds. This goes people. back to your yeah. uh, analogy, right? GM, director, players. The, it's a team sport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a total it team sport. Is. I love that your uh, carryover from Hollywood to commercial filmmaking in the advertising space um, just makes you more aware, more vulnerable, more present, able to provide feedback mm -hmm. and um, taught you how to work in this space. I think what would be really valuable, not only from us, from a, a vendor side of things, mm -hmm. right? Um, looking at you as, a, as an agency producer, but also sharing this with filmmakers is like, what would make you, uh, what makes you choose production companies? Like what, what do you look for when you're looking for people to work with? I think that's a super valuable thing to answer. That's a good question. Um, so there's a combination of things, uh, and I can I'll, I'll talk on the uh, advertising side first. So you have your clients that they are pitched an idea by our creative team, or they they have a need, and whatever that creative is is really going to dictate. So in terms of production companies, like I obviously always have the number of production companies in my head that it's like again I've worked with them in the past or I've heard about them before, but for certain projects. I'll usually go director first. And so with that, at least in advertising, sometimes I might not know who their production company is, but we, the creative team and the account team and everybody is like, we love this director and whatnot. And obviously I'll get to know the production company as we kind of start the, the bit of any bid process or whatever process we have to go through to get the project to be made. Um, but a lot of it starts more with the director. So it's like, okay, if we're looking for, something to do with, I guess, so for example, outdoors or whatnot. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. who are some great out, like, well, let's, I will start looking, okay, what are some great outdoor spots that have just come out in the last year and a half, two years? 
three years even. Like, okay, who's doing that? Okay, find who the director is, find who the production company is, start getting in touch with them that way. So that's one part of it. Um, if it's something that's like not so specific or not, you kind of have the people that you know you work well with. And it's like, you know who can fit that ask, so mm -hmm. to speak. It's like, and, and not to pocket people, so to speak, different productions, it's like, you know who does great work with certain things. What I'm hearing, and it sounds like it's more of a, uh, problem solving thing in mm -hmm. that case, right? Yeah. You want to work with people who know how to solve problems, yes. who provide solutions. Like it's yeah. that classic age old, like you want to work with people you like. Yeah, right? no, it's true. It, it really is. Yeah. It's a relationship. Yeah. If we're really demystifying production, if we're mm -hmm. really, um, you know, showing people how things get made, yeah. um, there's a value to understanding the commercial space. And mm -hmm. if you're saying like leading with creative a lot, yeah. that that's really what matters. I think it would encourage, you know, our filmmaker mm -hmm. audience or even our, you know, marketing audience to understand that like there's a ton of resources out there yeah. to, to get um, looks, to mm -hmm. get uh, an understanding of what is trending, what totally. what is uh, good out there. Cole and I were just talking about, uh, have you seen the movie The Creator? No, um, it's the new um, uh, John David Washington. Oh yeah, right? was it? Isn't like the sci-fi one? Yeah, it's yeah, like I haven't AI. seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I Cole, seen it Cole and I were having a chat, and we love this movie uh, from a cinematography standpoint. Ooh, Maybe okay, not yep. necessarily from a story standpoint, yep. but uh, shot on prosumer cameras. Um, mm -hmm. Very small crew, like grip truck. Yep. Uh, some Just aperture couple lighting. Lights. Yeah. Oh wow! And oh, lots sweet. of lots of VFX, obviously. Yeah. So like on the day, sending stuff to ILM mm -hmm. and and doing things like that, but we look at that as a trend of like, wow, people are going more to this nimble, uh, small production yeah. approach, right? Because the capabilities of these cameras are it's so insane. good. Uh, that's what I was going to say yeah. is you're seeing that swing. And I think that's why film school has gotten maybe harder in a sense, because mm -hmm. people are coming in with YouTube university yeah. of like learning all of this 100%. stuff. And it's like, you're constantly pushing that boundary, but yeah, like camera tech is it's insane. swung I mean, so far. Yeah. How I'm, often do you look for, just production companies like that who who you know are can be fast moving, nimble, that sort of thing. All How the important time. is that to you? Well, I'll say this. I mean, just in the general marketplace of everything, it's like people want that. You know, it's like most stuff's going online nowadays. It's not going on the big commercial. Not everyone's doing a Super Bowl spot. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. they're looking for quick social, what's gonna engage an audience the fastest and, and keep their attention type of thing. And so to do that, you don't need a 200 person crew to shoot right. one thing you know it's like you, you really again you, you could have four people you could have three people it's like n being nimble is a huge thing uh, the other thing too is like cost as well mm -hmm. it's a lot cheaper to do that too which at the end again not that money is everything but it, it's a huge factor um and then i'll say this again as a producer at an agency it's like my so obviously first job is to the clients and make sure they get exactly what they want and that i can find the right people to do that but really, I service more our creative team and our creatives. Like my, they, they're the ones that had the vision and that vision has been signed off by clients. It's, it's my job to service them to get that vision to life and find the best partner to do that. Um, whatever that may be, big, small, medium, like it doesn't matter. Like my job is to find the best partner for my creative team and myself to deliver the best content for the clients if that makes sense. And that's something I was taught early Cut. days. On. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. I was taught that early days by, by my boss, who's awesome. Um, and so that is what I try to do. And obviously it's like, look, 
just because we have a vendor, I can't just neglect the vendor. Like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes there's some crazy ass we have to come to you guys for. Yeah. And I am totally aware of that. And it's like, I'll usually start the call of, hey, don't hate me or something. But like, yeah. Yeah. here's Preface. what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me get ahead of this before I ask you these 10 million changes that need to be done. Um, but it's like, again, but at the same time, that's, it comes back to the team aspect. You have your clients, you have your creatives, you have your account team, and then you have your vendor. You're all, again, working toward the same goal. Mm-hmm. You're all trying to do the same thing and it's make the best possible end product there is. Yeah. Um, and again, that way the clients are happy, that way the creatives, visions, that way the account team's happy, and that way you guys are happy because you're like, we made some great freaking work, you know? That's good. So. I was going to kind of on the stuff that we've been cutting in the office lately, kind of a question of like, what do you see as the biggest need in film either commercial or hollywood or anything like that it's a very broad question Mm. and take that any way that you want it but even like looking for production companies like Mm. what is the biggest need or hole that Mm -hmm. you see there that you would like to see more of that you would like to see like changed well this is a good question i think on this for a second yeah um okay Okay, cole will clip this all up yeah and create a really awesome montage of like a thinking nice. montage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The camera's on, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeopardy music. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You could be here all a day. A slow Ken Burns. Yeah, oh, ooh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll say this. Um, similar to what, and I'll tie it back into the short film that we did. Um, so you got to understand like with Hollywood and even advertising, they can be looked at kind of like as machines. You know, they're not pushing boundaries as much as they used to. And they're starting to a little bit more. That's why everyone loves A24, but in my, it's all watered down in my opinion. And that's a whole conversation for another day. Another day. That, that can spark a lot. Yeah, that can spark a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's good. Most of their stuff is really good. But um, there's not as much risk-taking and open risk-taking the bigger you get. And that's understandable because it's like, look, it, it's at the end of the day, it is a business. It's our advertising business, marketing business, film business. Like people have to make money. And their yeah. products have to sell. Like that's the core of it. And our job is to promote that and do that, at least on the advertising side. Same even on the film side. It's like you're promoting your story, you know? Um, but at the same time, you're not seeing as many risks taken. And I think what will happen and what I hope will happen, again, what we tried to do with She Pills is tell a more gritty real story that can relate to a lot of people, that a lot of people can relate to. And if you look back at like, the seventies in terms of filmmaking, like Texas Chainsaw and Taxi Driver and like all those mm-hmm. movies that were like the non-traditional, there's a name for the the group. It was like the Scorsese's and all them that came in at the time. And I, bad film major. I can't remember what I was right. taught in Somebody class. Will, <laughs> Somebody Someone will comment it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They were the low budget, big risk takers, but they had enough of a budget to make what they wanted to make. Whereas nowadays it's like if budgets are getting smaller, which seems to be the case in both industries, Mm -hmm. um, unless you're X amount of people or whomever. um, But how can you, and this again, this can also come back to reasoning. How can you make that money go the furthest for telling and making great stories, great content, great whatever. Um, And again, not to say don't pay people or anything like that, but it's like, Write stories, work on stories that are going to really touch on the world today. And like, if you got shit to say, say it like, you know, don't let, um, 
in the Hollywood sense, don't let some studio exec tell you no, <laughs> kind of thing. Like it's funny, and I don't know if we can put this in or not, but I just saw uh, something popped out this morning on I forget what I was reading, but like Issa Rae and uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve, I think that's how you say his last name, just came out and they're like, this is the most conservative group of Hollywood execs I've ever seen, mm. like across the board, mm-hmm. and there no one is taking risks anymore because, and that's the thing if you look at Hollywood, and again, this is another hot take. It's like it's all corporations now. I mean, Paramount's getting sold, like or mm-hmm. up for sale and Warner's was then taken over now by uh Discovery and it's all they're like it's all dollars and cents and so mm-hmm. you're, I think you're gonna see a lot of concern no we're wrong you're still gonna get those great movies and tv shows out there nowadays but I think that can also tie in advertising a little bit like everyone's looking for new fun things but at the same time like sometimes people kind of go back to like okay what works mm-hmm. play you know safe. you play it safe um luckily I haven't seen that I've seen, been seeing less of, I've been seeing more, I'll say this, I've been seeing a lot more openness to trying new things and risk-taking, which is great, but it's like, again, that can always change tomorrow. It'd be like, okay, that didn't work. So, right, right. so that's the thing. It's like, just be the more openness to risks. And again, that. they're not all going to be home runs and just know that going, as long as you know that going in, then you got nothing to lose. Yeah, <laughs> and when one yeah. hits, it's going to feel really good. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to feel amazing. Yeah. So what you're saying essentially, you know, what it sounds like is like there's big budgets and underneath those big budgets, you got to hit a home run, but mm-hmm. there's room in a content space. And mm-hmm. uh, since a lot of things are interactive or on online that, you know, maybe the sell to clients can be like, it's worth the risk here. Let's try something a little bit riskier because I think from the vendor side, just speaking from mm-hmm. from our side of things, like we want to take some risk. Totally, you know, we're we're down to do it. And when when I hear you say stretch a dollar, I'm like, man, I wish we'd have thought shot a third day in Montana. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know, I know, right? I know. Yeah, and there's things like that where it's like you said, everything's 2020 in hindsight, right? Yeah, um, yeah. it always is in production, right? Yeah. But um, I think you know, if we wanted to put a bow, you know, on this mm-hmm. on this uh, um, episode, I, I really feel like you know. I heard tactical empathy, being vulnerable, reciprocating what you you get out there in the market, and that um, you know from a filmmaking perspective, it will be good to take risks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pretty good way to sum it up. I think yeah, just to kind of keep tying it up here, it's like yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say is, so when I was in film school, the whole thing was like I'm I want to be a director, I want to do this. And now a producer, like don't put the blinders on too early. If there's like any younger kids or whomever listening to this, I want to go into like production because I always said like, I don't want to go work in like advertising or like, I want to go to Hollywood. Like I'm going to be doing the make big, movies. I'm going to make movies. I want to make movies. I, I will say this. I still am going to make movies that is going to happen. Um, but as I said earlier, it's like, I'm getting my reps in right now. And it's like, okay, I know where I need to get better at. Always be open to improving your skills. Cause you're never going to be, even if you, again, go to can do the stuff, like it feels great, but that's, that's, that's a cherry on top of the whole thing. Like that's a little tiny thing that again, enjoy it while you're there. Enjoy any accolades you get, because again, they might be the last ones you get. So always enjoy them, but don't, as they say, rest on your laurels. Okay, great. You did that. What's next. And so that's something like always be looking for what's next be open to taking risks. But the last thing I'll say too is, um, is a little bit different in advertising because it's like, if you're there, it's your job. You always have to do that, but always strive to make it the best. But on the filmmaking side, to go back to there for producing, um, don't 
get into something just because someone asked you to do it or like they have a script that you like kind of like because it's going to take up your time. Like find stories you want to tell and go make those, but give it a hundred percent. Like make sure you have as much fiery passion for it as possible because that's, what's going to make the best story possible at the end of the day, because that's going to make you when you are grinding it out on set or grinding it out in pre-production or grinding it out in the 15th hour of post, like that's, what's going to make it worth it. Cause if you don't care about it, you're not going to care at all. And it's going to show because you're just going to kind of half-ass it to put it that way. So make sure you're fully committed. And then, so on switch to advertising front real quick, you're not going to love everything you get. That's just the nature of the beast, but that's, that's just work. But make the best out of everything you do still, because even if it is something that's going on on YouTube, that's like a, a much, I'll just say smaller thing, like people will still see it. And if it sucks, like that's not good. You know, like that's not good. That's not a good look on you. That's not good look on your agency. Not good look on your client. So make sure you are always putting your best foot forward on this stuff. Because again, there are going to be days where it's not fun. That's just the nature of working in production. Like there are some grind out days, but at the end of the day, as I always kind of like to say, I'd rather be doing this than selling insurance. So (laughs) not to diss any insurance salesmen out there. I'm sure they have a great career, but yeah. 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 Well, and even like, you don't know like who's going to be talking about the small stuff either. Mm -hmm. All it takes is like that one referral of like doing the small work, like really well. hundred percent. Keeping your uh, character through the work and, and like, obviously there's levels of care, but how you approach each piece big or small will show yeah just like you're saying absolutely absolutely so yeah give your all get ready for some crazy days ahead but it's fun producing's fun man like when you when you get the fun stuff you're like ah, there's no better day it rocks. there's no better yeah. like there's no better feeling no better day than like when you're on set and it's just flowing and everything's going great and it's just like it's it's like make-believe it's just like especially if you like again i dreamed of it as a kid and it's like every time i see it, i'm like ah this is no matter what it is, it's just, you just got to have fun with it. And you'll know when you're having fun and you'll know if you're not, that's why it's like, you'll know when to switch. But yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> Sweet. Can we grab some lunch? Let's do it. Let's do it. Really good, man. Awesome. Thank Super you for coming. Thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, follow us on socials. We'll have links to connect with Max, but we're excited. Um, continue to join us in the conversation. Let us know your thoughts. We'd love to engage with you. Um, and hear what you thought about this episode. But um, for now, we will see you later. Catch you in the next one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.